Hey, deadly listeners, welcome to the Indigipreneur Podcast, a show that helps you gain a better understanding of Indigenous entrepreneurship and answer all your related questions. I'm your host, Dean Foley, an Indigenous entrepreneur with over five years' experience in the field, in the trenches. And in today's episode, we'll hear from Jesse about First Nations international engagement, a pathway to self-determination, which he spoke about at the First Nations Economic Forum. Good to go. All good, mate. Can you hear me? Yeah. Okay, beautiful. Hi, everyone. Um, my name is Jesse Martin, anyway. I'm, uh, I'm a Wagadang Yield man. I'm uh, the uh, CEO of ATSIO, so we're the Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander International Engagement Organisation. So, hence the acronym. It's a bit of a bit of a mouthful, I know. Um, but what I'm here today to um, just to, just to basically have a bit of a conversation around is is the idea around um, First Nations international engagement and how we can utilise that as a path to uh, self-determination and, and um, some sort of uh, autonomy, basically, for our, for our communities and for our people across the country. Um, so just here, a bit of a historical perspective on, on um, uh, First Nations international engagement anyway. I mean, we've been, we are the oldest diplomats, you know, within, not, not only within our region, but within, you know, worldwide. I mean, you know, we're the most ancient culture on the planet, I mean, we've been doing this sort of stuff for a very, very long time. And not only with, um, you know, with, uh, with surrounding um, tribal nations, not only with um, you know, different, different clan groups, like, you know, across the country and these sort of things now, but even, uh, you know, um, over the seas and to, uh, to our north and, um, and to our east as well. So, uh, you know, Torres Strait Islander engagement, obviously, through, um, you know, through Papua New Guinea, places like Papua New Guinea to Fiji. You know, we've got a long history of this, you know, these sort of connections there as well. I mean, um, we just look at the, you know, in the north of the country with, um, with, uh, with mob, you know, up in, um, up in WA, uh, MT across uh, far north Queensland, there, and their connection, their engagement with, um, with uh, the Macassans as well, um, you know, over the, over the centuries, and as well as that, I mean, even having a connection so far as, you know, as being as, uh, what we say, uh, as the, uh, the extension of the Silk Road, so to speak, into the Pacific. But even having connections with you know with China as well on that sort of stuff, and I mean you know if you if we're talking to some of these um, some of these different tribal groups up in the up in the north, you know they'll be they'll say, look, we've had this you know had these arrangements in place for over a thousand years. I um, mean, you know, archaeological evidence, you know, we're finding you know um, porcelain pottery and you know and the likes of you know which is centuries you know centuries old. But the fact that we've got you know we're uh, for you know for centuries you know being able to um, have our own engagement, have our own trade, have our own, uh, you know, and make sure that, you know, the, the voices that were coming from our communities were from our communities. I mean, after um, 1897, you know, with the uh, restriction of sale of opium after the protection of, and I, I say that, you know, protection of, of Aborigines Act, um, when, when that was brought in, it was, again, you know, designed to, again, control the lives of the Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people, and it was designed to, um, to stop Asian influence um, as they see that so I'm a, for, uh, for white Australia from coming into the country. So 1901 to 1905, our trade effectively was um, completely cut off. We had a situation where we've, um, we've got uh, uh, in the north, again, in the north of the country where we still had those strong ties, we still had those strong trade links with the Macassans where, um, in, and, uh, and those trade links into China. And once that was all, um, you know, once uh, once the, the the government of the day anyway came down very very heavy handed on these sort of things. Now, 
and um and put a stop to those things. But but again, our history, you know, if we if you're going out there, we you've got you've got rock art sites with um you know with um with um with paintings of the ships coming in in into shorter trade. You've got we don't just have you know those oral stories and that oral tradition within our communities either around around that sort of um around that sort of engagement. But even even language has been influenced by um by our connections overseas as well in in that part of the world. As well as you know, uh, you know, there's a there's um, you know our flora and fauna. We look at tamarind trees, for example. Tamarind trees dot the dot the entire north of the coast. You know, from um, you know from WA all over to um, all, all the way over to North Queensland, and they become a, you know a bit of a, a staple, a bit of part of the diet. You know, but um, part of our um, part of our uh, you know our you know our way of being up there these days. You know, um, um, with the, with the tamarind trees now, you know, and 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 picking the fruit off there. Um, but these things now they they never came from here originally. They came from over there. They were brought in um, as, as part of that trade now. But again, that's a, you know that's testament to the legacy that you know that our ancestors and and our and our brothers and sisters from you know ancestors from across the sea that they planted together. And I mean, and I think you know particularly in twenty twenty two now, I think it's a great time to be having this conversation about well, what does First Nations diplomacy and First Nations trade and First Nations international aspirations look like? Because Again, historically, we've been very, very strong and very, very active within this space. But again, due to you know government, uh, you know government, you know uh, uh, segregation, uh, due to government management, due to uh, you know impacts of colonisation, and and basically the laws that we've come up under under this state, um, all of this was robbed from us. You know, so for us to be, you know, basically take our future back in our hands and start sending these delegations out from our communities in our own way, in our own time. And, um, and again, start speaking for ourselves again. I mean, we live in a globalised community these days, you know, and we've got, um, we've got you know, massive amounts of, you know, of, of, you know, trade and commerce and, you know, these major international issues or things around, you know, peace and security, climate change, you know, um, and climate change, massive, massive one, you know, and we've got, we've got all these, um, you know, uh, no man's basically an island, no. There's, you know, the idea no man's an island, no country, even though Australia, we are a very big island in some, you know, we're still not an island in terms of, in terms of trade, in terms of our commerce, in terms of our, in terms of our relationships, in terms of our, you know, in terms of our future as well. So if we're the oldest diplomats in the world and we're the oldest diplomats in our region, then why can't we uh, start, again, walk back into this space and, and, and take ownership of our own affairs within this space, and and the reason I guess even Atio was was formed in the first place was um, I was very fortunate in my life and uh, to uh, do a lot of travel and 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 again for work you know work as um, a part of that travel and and um, engage with a lot of embassies around the world and I remember walking into the um, having a meeting at the Australian embassy one day in China in Beijing and um, walked in and met some you know lovely staff lovely people and um. I met a lady there who was in charge of um, uh, cultural, basically cult, Australia's cultural engagement with China. And she said it was fantastic, to, you know, to meet some Aboriginal and Torres Strait people. It was great to, you know, to um, be around your um, your people and and hear from your hear your stories. Um, she said, to be honest, I don't know anything about your people, but she's in charge of um, again making sure that our image and our voices and our and our stories are heard throughout this country of 1.4 billion people. Well, that really didn't sit well with me at the time because I just thought to myself, well, how can you be in charge of these things if you know, if you know, know absolutely nothing about our people? But this is a common story around the world. I mean, 
we are not the ones telling our stories internationally. I mean, we've been basically reduced to a caricature in some ways internationally because people have, the first thing people associate with the idea of Aboriginal people is you know, didgeridoo, clapsticks, a boomerang, and, and, you know, we're standing on a hill somewhere with a spear. But the fact of the matter is, it's because these, we've only ever been put up in these international spaces or uh, given attention internationally through the Australian government, through organisations like DFAT and Austrade and these sort of uh, institutions now, is if we're going over to perform a cultural performance. But ultimately, I, mean, I think the fact of the matter is when they start talking about, you know, important issues like trade, about, you know, uh, security, when they're talking about important issues like climate change, for example, we're sent out of the room. We're not. We're not given a voice within those spaces, and I think that's a real loss to you know for not only for our mob, but even for, for these other communities who we're, we're engaging, who our country is engaging with um, uh, first and foremost as well with. Because now we've all of a sudden we've got we've got a we've, we, again we've been we've been caricaturized. We've been we've been slotted into this one image of well, you're just here for cultural uh, engagement because that's all you can do. But where are our stories in that space? If we're going to share our culture, that's fine. I mean, that's a great thing. We're, we're very, very proud of our culture. We're very proud of our traditions, where we come from. But that's only that. That's just the tip of the iceberg. Why can't we be discussing our wants, our needs, our hopes, our aspirations with these other places? Why can't those voices that exist internationally be coming from First Nations people? There's this idea, you know, within the mental health sector of, you know, nothing about us without us. Well, this applies in this, in this context, in this scenario as well. Why can't it be that we're the ones out there telling our stories? Why can't it be the way if we're going to be, you know, if we're going to be shaking a leg with someone, if we're going to be up there and sharing a culture with these other, with these other um, nations around the world, it's only right that we make sure we put forward our other, our other good qualities as well, our other, our other aspirations, our other hopes, our other, you know, our other wants and, and give a more of a, a rounded view of who we are as a people as well. And making sure that's an undiluted lens as well that's coming from First Nations people. Because, again, you know, we live in a country that's, let's face it, it's, well, it's a tale of two cities. And on the one hand, you know, they've, they've done very well, you know, talk about, to us, about Australia internationally. And, and generally, it's got a very good reputation, you know, because it's, you know, seen as safe, it's sunny, it's, you know, this good surf and, you know, it's seen as a bit of a tourist sort of mecca. But at the end of the day, there's also this other sort side to Australia, the one that our people have experienced. So we've been at the at the pointy end of the spear, so to speak. It's been built on our backs. But we don't get to share that story. We don't get to share these, you know, these ideas with the rest of the world. And I think the fact that if we can walk into that space as a, again, as Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people and own this space and own that idea of, well, you know, we're we've these are our stories, this is our people, and this is and this is what we want to see. Imagine all the all the all the good that can come from that as well. I mean, the fact of the matter is, we are, you know, we've been, uh, you know, when it comes to our climate change strategies at the moment. I mean, Australia's a canary in the coal mine with this sort of stuff. I mean, we've, you know, we've just gone through all this all these flooding events, you know, over the past the past year or year or so, and then we've got before that we've, you know, we had the, uh, you know, the, the bushfires, and all of a sudden these once in a hundred year events are happening every, you know, two or three years now. I mean, the fact of the matter is we've, we've lived through ice ages. We, you know, we very effectively, you know, be able to, able to sustainably live within our, you know, within our, within our landscapes, within our environments. 
and work with our environment, you know, to make sure we, we and that's the whole reason we've had this longevity um, to begin with. But the fact of the matter is as well, like we, we you know, we're living in a very um, uncertain world at this time. It's a very, uh, you know, it's very, uh, very, um, you know, in some ways problematic um, time in history. And uh, the fact that, but the fact that we're living through this now, I mean, we've got a responsibility within this space to make sure that, you know, <laughs> that our children, our children's children, children's 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 children, that they've got something to walk into tomorrow as well. I mean, that's, I mean, often that, that the idea that, you know, we should be leaving this place better than how we found it. I mean, this is something we can contribute internationally as well. Like our practices and our techniques and our, our, um, our, our strategies towards, you know, cl uh, climate mitigation and climate action. I mean, imagine if, and I met, uh, particularly at this time of heightened political tension between, you know, places like, you know, you've got obviously you've got your Australia's and China's at the moment who've um, got their own political positions on each other, and that's fine. But to come into a conversation like that as Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people and be able to lead a discussion within that space around, you know, some sort of, uh, um, you know, uh, you know, multilateral action on on issues like climate change. I mean, we could be a it could be a really defining voice in that room, a unifying voice within that room. Because again, we haven't made enemies internationally. We haven't we haven't um, you know we haven't we haven't invaded anyone. We haven't attacked anyone. We don't we, don't, uh, we haven't done any any of these sort of things uh, um, to to anyone else. You know, we've got a very good uh, reputation internationally in that re in that regard for people who do know us. But in general, as well, about us taking that, taking that, um, taking these steps forward as well, because again, if we're in a position where our future, our, our, you know, our identity isn't being reflected by us and our hopes and our wants and our, you know, and our aspirations as communities isn't being reflected by us, it is being reflected by the government at the end of the day. And if it is being reflected by them, well, how much do they really know about what's going in our communities? Because I mean, the closing the gap report just came out. You know, I believe it was around two weeks ago now or so. Correct me if I'm wrong. Um, but even after that report's come out, I mean, we've got we're still sitting in a situation where you know we're we're failing. I think on about 13, 14 targets and failing abysmally. I mean, we've left it in their hands for the last 250 years. You know, since they've got here, it's been nothing but doom and gloom and depression and you know and we seem to be going backwards but ultimately i think we can if we take start taking the responsibility on ourselves and we're saying well you know what we can do there if we're if we're going to start looking at you know our own community development because we're always talking about the symptoms you know so when i say symptoms well i'm talking about we talk about we talk about the drugs we talk about violence we talk about alcohol we talk about you know these sort of things now we, we talk about those sort of things we're talking about the symptoms of what's of what's happening out there well, very rarely does anyone ever raise the, you know, raise the prospect of, especially it's, it's almost unheard of within government for them to raise the prospect of, well, let's start talking about what's the root causes of those, of those symptoms now. And again, it's because we have, no, we have no political autonomy, we have no political control within our communities. Decision-making comes from, comes from Brisbane, it comes from Canada, the money comes from these places, and hence it's tied, our outcomes are tied to what bureaucrats see as, as particularly relevant or bureaucrats who've never lived in these communities, never grew up in these, in these areas, what they believe is relevant for, for the future and betterment of our people. And that's ex extremely problematic. We, we never have a conversation around our own economic development. The fact that some of our communities were facing 90 to 95% unemployment, some even higher. The fact that we, we, we're, we're still living through these, you know, through these, you know, these, uh, 
again, the tale of two cities, where we're still living in this other city, we're still living in this other reality, while um, while most of the uh, rest of this, uh, Australia is able to, uh, you know, to able to, you know, enjoy the benefits, the, the benefits and the opportunities that that have come their way as a as a result of that. And I think we've, you know, we're a, if we start engaging internationally, then we can start to talk about some of these some of these issues as well, and you know, and raise these concerns, but also talk about how we can how we can better those situations as well for ourselves. Because again, while we place our faith in you know in in other systems, we've seen where that's gotten us. We've been going backwards on the treadmill for a long time on that. But if we can start going over and talk and start talking about our own trade deals and our own economic development or own partnerships in those in those sort of spaces then we can start to take some sort of a future back for ourselves because when we again we can start to create our own industries we can start to use international capital and finance to start funding our own projects and again go into a situation where we've got a 50 50 arrangement or at least or a 50 51 49 arrangement so we've got that, that ownership within those communities even better we can we uh, i'm sure you know community to community and you know, project project we can we can you know it's all negotiable terms or we can get better deals and uh by working with international conglomerates or partners than can, what we've seen what, what we're getting at the moment i mean take you know we've uh, you know mining mining contracts in this in this country are abysmal for aboriginal Torres Strait Islander people i mean what are we getting you know they they give us and, and with Ford, Fortescue metals for example i mean i mean that's a situation where <laughs> jesus we've been um we've been We've really been given the, the pointy end of the pineapple on that one. They give us the, you know, we're, they're going to dig up our wealth from our land, from our, and then and um, you know sell it and you know sell it overseas. I'll make a fortune. And what we'll get out of that is we won't even, you know, it's not even royalties where that, uh, you know, we're we're in, uh, entitled to. They're they're just saying, oh well, we'll give you a job. They'll give us a shovel to go down the mine and you know and keep uh, you know keep shoveling away for them. But at the end of the day, we've, we're still left with nothing. We're left with the hole in the ground. We're left with the environmental damage. We're left with the, with the, you know, with the, with the, still with the, you know, the lack of economic development, the lack of, lack of ownership, and the lack of uh, political power within that space either. So other people are benefiting from us, but at the at our expense as well. But if we can go out and say, well, we've got a bigger market now to work with, and if if it's just like you know, it's like I guess you know we're we're working again within a globalized community. If someone offers us a, a, a deal here and it's a, and the deal's not very good, and we don't have to accept it, it's okay for us to say no to these things now. But for, you know, when I understand a lot of communities' positions where there is, you know, it is very, very hard, you know, um, you know coming, from, coming from some of these places, regional or remote areas now, because there isn't a lot of opportunity. But if we can start creating our own opportunity by again forging these international partnerships, ties, and connections, then we can start with our own opportunities. Then we don't have to look to you know other mining magnets in this country who are who are you know exploiting our people, you know, to as as the, as you know, and, and the country holding them up as some sort of you know savior for you know for Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people within this space, like somehow there's some white knight you know in shining armor coming in to save us to save the poor, defenceless, you know, local, um, you know, natives here. We can save ourselves and we can do this if we start building on, again, on these international partnerships connections. Let's build our own ties, our own trade, our own, our own networks. And then we, and we can start discussing not just our economic ties pathways, but ensuring our identity, our culture, our, our you know, our, who we are as people is put out there to the rest of the world as well. I mean, again, I've talked before about, you know, the idea of the caricature, you know, and, 
and we're um, you know we're very much put on this you know this pedestal as you know as the, they're, they're happy to be for us to be the noble savage but if we get beyond that then it starts to be an issue you know there's it's like well why do why do you want to you know why do you why do you need that cattle station why do you need that you know why do you need the dairy farm why do you need the mine why do you need those boats you know it's you know for the fishing industry why do you need all that sort of stuff like we can handle that so well no this is this is this is our right as well we can handle that we'll handle our future from now on if we do that if we if that's and again we can go back to that idea of what this is what self determination can look like we can you know be talking about and looking at you know facts like you know our um our political again our you know our political power in, within this country our political balance of power and you know, um in in that sort of space we can be talking about our economic development our cultural pathways and and making sure our identities you know goes around the world so that when people look at aboriginal and torres strait people they're not just seeing oh well that's a boomerang and that's clapsticks and it's a that's, that's someone holding a ditch that's we're putting our artists on show we're putting our engineers on show we're putting our 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 um, our doctors on show we're putting our architects and our our scientists and our uh, you know all these people from all the across all these different industries with we're very very good at you know at, at you know a few things in this uh, you know at, um in this country like things like you know like we're always um you know portrayed as uh you know the great sportsmen you know and blackfellas mate we're bloody great uh, great at sport okay we've we've proven that time and time and time again but where's all where's our doctors where's our white collar professionals where's our you know where's our engineers and our actors where's their accolades where's their support you know out there so just making sure that again as well that that we as nations you know we as these we as first nations we put our own undiluted undiluted lens on what's the on the reality of the, of the situation within our communities and we put up our own people as you know as those voices as those representatives you know to engage internationally and do it through our own systems and our own structures that we built rather than relying again on on you know government agencies or, or services who have zero you know zero to nil understanding of 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 who we are and our aspirations our people and our culture because ultimately at the end of the day while we keep relying on on other people to do this sort of work for us and this sort of engagement from us they're going to be profiteering from us but we won't be seeing any of those benefits we need to take that future back into our own hands and and as difficult as that is it you know at times you know like through the work of organizations like atio now which I'm you know I'm very very proud to be a part of you know and and work with a you know a great network across the country of other you know like minded average international and people who who are again able to walk forward and put their own voices up internationally organized with you know different embassies and different different you know uh, consulates in our um across the countryside around you know our you know organizing delegations over to over, across the south pacific across you know southeast asia and uh, into china or into india into the middle east and different parts of in different other places around the world the fact that we've got our own delegates going out now from community who can give an undiluted you know viewpoint on on the situation on the ground in their community but not just um you know not just that situation but highlighting this is what we've got to offer as well this is this is who we are this is what we've got to offer right and this is and this is how we think we could best work together going forward into the future all of a sudden the power is now back in our hands and we can start crafting our own future our own destiny and we can create a better world for aboriginal and torres strait islander people in this on in this world so again um a bit of I'll I'll, pro, I'll start wrapping up now anyway because I know I've probably only got about 5 minutes left or so but um I'll just feel it as well to any questions if if there's any out there
but I but again I'd encourage each and every one of you as well to to go out again and really you know, seize on that idea of self-determination seize on that idea of, of our own political and economic autonomy within our own communities because it's the only thing that out there that's going to save us right now so thank you very much Dean any questions mate or no, I think a lot of people are struggling to log into Zoom, my bad. So, um, yeah, no questions. <laughs> but, yeah, appreciate it, brother. Thanks for that. All good. Cheers, mate.